This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Okay, Tov, Anthony, day 62 of Operation Swords of Iron. Uh, what are the latest reports from the front in Gaza? Bokotov, Kathy, um, even before we start talking yes. about the latest developments um, in Gaza, on the northern border, um, in the current war, um, I just wanted to mentioned to you and to the listeners about uh, a video clip that I watched which was a congressional hearing in the United States involving the presidents of three Ivy League universities, Harvard, MIT and the University of Pennsylvania. All three presidents were being grilled, literally grilled, by uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. She's the New York Congresswoman. And um, she was asking them questions about whether the call for the genocide of Jews violates the rules or the code of conduct, conduct of their respective institutions. And all three ladies, the lady presidents of each of those Ivy League universities, were not able to answer yes or no to that question as to whether calling for the genocide of Jews violates the rules and the code of conduct. They had to try to explain the context. They had to try to explain why it didn't violate the rules. Um, And it was really all about freedom of speech. Uh, (laughs) They all kind of were relying on this claim that in the interests of freedom of speech, those calls for genocide were not against the rules. Interestingly, after the congressional hearing, and by the way, those people who wish to watch that congressional hearing can do so, it made me feel very, very uncomfortable, sure. and I wouldn't necessarily recommend watching it. But we're going to be playing it. Anthony, we're going to be playing it on air after 8 o'clock. Okay, well, interestingly, yeah. two of the presidents of the universities, uh, Liz McGill from the University of Pennsylvania, as well as um, the president of Harvard, Claudine Gray, were forced to come out after the hearing to try to explain what they said. And interestingly, it was really um, the uh, president of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, who came out really contradicting what she said before and regretting what she had said in the congressional hearing, saying that uh, really uh, she was mistaken and that calls for genocide is threatening and it's meant to terrify people and in her view it should be harassment or intimidation that was the bottom line it was interesting that two of them had to come out and clarify their views and i just want to make one last comment before we move on to talking about the war and the comment is that we hear so frequently the chant from the river to the sea palestine will be free that is the 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 chant that we hear so often people who think that they are trying to support the Palestinian cause. But when you say Palestine will be free, what it really means is Palestine will be free of Jews. That's really what it means. 
Um, and so that chant is a genocidal chant. That chant is a call for Jewish genocide. It is a call for um, expelling Jews from Israel, where we live, where we have our country. Whether it is our country or whether it is not our country, it's not okay to chant about um, a, a, an area of land that will be free of Jews. And I think that listeners just need to be aware of it if they weren't already aware of the fact that when we say free, we mean free of Jews, not free as in free to pursue um, happy pursuits. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that um, if on the Ivy League campus we can't sort this out, then the future for us is very, very uh, bleak indeed. You know, so those are my comments about that congressional hearing. You're going to hear it anyway, but it, it was very, very uncomfortable for me to watch that, I have to say. Yeah, because it's not our first now, rodeo, Anthony. It's not our first rodeo. Mm -hmm. We have been there before, exactly. people calling for spaces to so. be free of Jews. Right. It um, happened with the Nazis. It, it happened with the Romans. It happened with the Babylonians. It happened with the Persians. It's happened before. And it happens in every true. generation. Vahisha Amda, we are promised this. We true, thought true. that we were going to escape it. Why would we? But this is in our. This is on our watch now. It is on our watch, absolutely. On our watch, and um, so we have to respond accordingly. Yeah. And um, day, uh, day, sixty-two of um, Operation Swords of Iron, and um, there is massive, massive activity that's been going ongoing in Gaza really since I would say Saturday evening which is when the major current operation was really initiated um, I've already mentioned that most of the attention has been around Khan Yunus uh, and also a few other areas in Gaza but Khan Yunus certainly um, has been the main um, area of, of focus and there is a question as to why Khan Yunus what is it about Khan Yunus um, the Prime Minister yesterday said we have a council to settle with Hamas. He also mentioned that the IDF is honing in and getting much, much closer to the personal home of the Hamas leader, leader Ihiyar Sinwar. And not that he is at home at the moment. I don't think that we should expect to find him home when the IDF troops eventually manage to get to his home. I have little doubt that they will take good care of it and they will destroy that home in the same way that they've destroyed the um, homes of many of the other um, Hamas leaders up until now. Um, but um, the interesting thing about Khan Yunus and the whole focus on Khan Yunus is that um, in the first instance, we, we suspected that many of our hostages were being held around the Khan Yunus area. And it was a comment that was made by the Prime Minister yesterday where he, he, he also met, and also members of the IDF have said, you know, we are searching for our captives, and I think there is a certain belief, and I'm not quite sure what that belief is predicated on, but I think there is a certain belief that some of the remaining hostages in Gaza may well be held in the Khan Yunus area. And so I just wonder whether um, they are perhaps um, focusing in on the possibility of trying to find those hostages. We know that it's going to be an almost impossible task because the metro of tunnels underneath Gaza, particularly running around the Khan Yunus area, is almost impossible to navigate uh, for those people who don't know very well, and even for those people who do, it's a very, very complicated um, warren of uh, tunnels underneath there, and uh, we have little doubt that the hostages are being moved around. We've heard that from the hostages who have already been released about what goes on, and we understand that some of them have been able to 
throw some light onto what might be happening to those hostages remain there. But certainly Khan Yunus remains the current point of, of focus, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out over the next few days. We do know that there's been massive, massive focus, and the IDF have been operating extremely efficiently to move in on those areas, and at the same time to try and avoid humanitarian disaster. On that humanitarian point, it's interesting that the United States um, applied a lot of pressure to, uh, uh, to, to force Israel to allow more fuel to be uh, delivered into Gaza. And in fact, the cabinet yesterday did approve the doubling of the quantity of fuel that is being supplied to Gaza. Previously, the fuel supply was 60,000 liters a day. And the cabinet agreed that it could be increased to 180,000 liters a day. However, the initial increase would be 120,000 liters a day. And the remaining increase, according to Minister of Defense Yoav Gallant, Gallant, Yoav Gallant, he said that the remaining increase in fuel would only be allowed if the Red Cross is given access to the Israeli refugees and is allowed to deliver emergency medication to them. So now we're starting to get a little bit smarter and saying we will grant humanitarian access and humanitarian uh, requirements in return for humanitarian requirements. So there is a very, very equal deal that's been put on the table to allow more fuel to go into Gaza if the Red Cross is allowed access to our hostages. And um, I don't for a moment believe that that will be taken up. I think that they would probably prefer not to receive the extra fuel. But let's see, because I think that that's a very justifiable and defensible position in terms of putting a deal on the table. Anthony, let's, uh, you know, I just wonder if um, Yahya Sinwa isn't maybe in South Africa. Did you see that there's a big Hamas delegation, their top uh, leaders are in South Africa at the moment as the guests of uh, Mandela Mandela? So I have seen that the leaders are, are in South Africa. And of course, I mean, there's, there's very little that I can say about that because I think that whatever needs to be said um, is relatively obvious. Um, I think that now is not the time to engage with those leaders. And when you, when you engage with those leaders, you effectively um, identify with the massacre of October the 7th. Sure. That is really what they currently stand for. Yeah. And, and if you are engaging with those leaders, you are effectively standing alongside everything that happened in the massacre and everything that's happening now with the hostages who are civilian hostages and who are being held against their will without access to the, the Red Cross and without access to their families. That is really the message that you're sending. Yeah. Anthony, uh, what is the status of the northern border currently? So the northern border sort of is a little underreported because, um, you know, with everything that's going on in Gaza, one ha might have the impression that the northern border is quiet and really isn't. Um, yesterday, Hezbollah um, published the fact that they'd carried out 12 attacks, 12 attacks on the northern border. 12 attacks means sending missiles, rockets into Israel, firing anti-tank missiles, firing mortars across the border, trying to attack Israeli infrastructure. There have been quite a number of uh, injuries that have been sustained by civilians and by military personnel on the northern border. So the northern border right now is not quiet. There is a lot of activity and a lot of conflict on the northern border with missiles being fired and Israel still being very active in using 
um, the air force to fire um, into Lebanon and even into Syria because some of the missiles have even been uh, fired from the Syrian territory. So the northern border is not quiet. Um, it is not opening up into something more significant. What has been interesting for me is that there was a Lebanese military, a Lebanese soldier who was killed the day before yesterday, and Israel formally and publicly apologized to the Lebanese government for inadvertently killing a member of the Lebanese army. This was not an intention. The intention was to direct the fire towards Hezbollah terrorists rather than Lebanese, and Israel actually formally issued an apology for that. So I found that to be a very, very interesting departure. Um, unfortunately, I know we've all... Oh, Anthony? Tonight. I hope that... Um, I hope that you will all be able to celebrate Hanukkah to light your candles. And let's hope that the Hanukkah miracle will come to us. Let's, let's hope that will be very soon we will see a Hanukkah miracle again. And to that, we say Amen. We wish you a Chag Hanukkah Sameach. Anthony, and a Shabbat Shalom to you and your family in Klal Israel. God bless. That's Anthony Reich. With that, it is 8 o'clock. And here is your news with Lindy. That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohn from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Israel.